Welcome to Human Dreaming, the podcast for curious dreamers. Hello, dreamers. I'm your host, Britt Shefflin. A certified hypnotherapist by trade, I use dream analysis and interpretation with nearly all of my clients in order to get a better understanding of how their subconscious mind works. Today, there's no interview, just interpretations of dreams sent in by listeners like you, and a sneak peek at real dreams and the value they bring. So what is the value in paying attention to and or interpreting your dreams? The biggest reason for me is that dreams make up at least one quarter of our lives, and life is so short, so all of it is meaningful on some level. Our subconscious mind is aware of much more than our conscious mind, and it acts like a filter and storage unit. When the subconscious mind recognizes a pattern, it will present that information back to you in the form of a dream. That pattern could signify a warning of danger, a feeling of safety, or simply practicing for upcoming real-world events. We can use the information from our dreams to mitigate nightmares, alleviate sleep paralysis, practice for important events, or even detect possible medical issues. Today, we will examine releasing and reinforcing dreams from three dreamers who submitted their dreams to the podcast. Releasing dreams are one of the most common dream types and their purpose is to vent out or release thoughts, feelings, or emotions that are deemed no longer valuable to hold on to by the subconscious mind. Unfortunately, because releasing dreams often contain content that is unpleasant and the dreamer is unaware of the purpose, and if the dreamer is unaware of the purpose of this dream type, they can unwittingly reassociate the negative emotions of the dream. Reinforcing dreams are also quite common, and they tend to reinforce a new thought, feeling, or behavior that is somehow deemed beneficial to the dreamer in that it keeps them safe or brings them pleasure. The following dreams are from listeners just like you. If you have a dream or dream question that you would like to submit, please join the Human Dreaming Facebook group and post it there. Email me at brit at britshefflin.com or DM me on Instagram at human underscore dreaming. If you haven't read it already, Human Dreaming, The Dynamics of Dream Interpretation by me, Brit Shefflin, is a short but thorough read on how to break your dreams down into their component parts and what to do with them after that. You can order the book through your local bookstore or online at major retailers, including Amazon and BN.com, the Barnes and Noble website. I would like to reiterate that once you get the hang of this technique, it doesn't take long at all to get the value from your dreams. I usually know what my dream was was about and how it's useful within moments of waking and before I even get a chance to journal it. 
it might take a couple of weeks of dedication to learn how to interpret your dreams, but once you get the hang of it, it's a highly beneficial skill that you'll have for life. Our first dream was submitted by Nikki. Nikki is adept at doing her own dream breakdowns and interpretations, so I did not assist her in any way. And she did use the human dreaming technique. So hopefully this gives you a little bit of insight into what you can do with your own dreams when you learn this technique. Here's Nikki's dream now. Yesterday, my deceased college boyfriend made an appearance for the first time in a very long time. He was the same as I remember, but somehow different. I almost didn't recognize him, but there was a deep knowing that it was him. In the dream, he had returned from somewhere after being gone for a while. I was so excited to see him, but he was cold, distant, and avoiding me while making his rounds to reconnect with people. I felt hurt. I felt even more hurt when I heard him tell someone he was single. I followed him around like a lost puppy until I could get a minute alone with him. Finally, I confronted him and asked, what happened? When did you decide to break up with me without even telling me? How did I lose you? He proceeded to tell me about a moment in our relationship related to me being in grad school and inferred that I had cheated on him with someone in my program. I tried to defend myself, saying he was gone for so long and I didn't know if he was ever coming back. During the conversation, I accidentally called him my current boyfriend's name. Then my alarm went off and I woke up feeling confused about the meaning of the dream, but also grateful that he was willing to have a closure conversation with me. I tried going back to sleep to finish the dream, but I couldn't get back there. And here's how Nikki broke her dream down. The dream type is a releasing or reinforcing dream. Um, she listed the dream subtype as mixed, meaning it had some elements of past and some elements of present. And it was a psychological dream as opposed to physiological. And all of the dreams that we're going through today will be of a psychological nature. The emotional content um, from beginning to end, and this is the part that really um, helps you identify what's going on in psychologically based dreams. Um, she begins with excitement and then confusion, and then it moves into hurt, relief, and gratitude. The literal aspects of the dream are that it was about her, her deceased boyfriend, her current boyfriend, and grad school. Symbolic aspects are the return from the dead. Keywords and phrases are confrontation, conversation, and closure. Nikki's conclusion is, as I finish up my final weeks of grad school, I have been reflecting on how my life has come full circle from where I started to where I am now. Being in grad school has taught me how to effectively integrate my past with the present to create a brighter future. However, being in grad school has been really stressful, so much so that I completely lost my libido. 
I had been feeling guilty about my lack of desire for sex with my partner, that I told him it was okay to get those needs met elsewhere. He appreciates the free pass, but constantly assures me he understands. This weekend, we had yet another conversation about it when I got the sense that he wanted to have sex. I told him I just couldn't get into it, but my body does have a mind of its own, so I was willing to do it even though I wasn't in the mood for sex. He told me it was really okay and that he appreciated my honesty. What I appreciated most was him acknowledging that he didn't want to force me to do something that I didn't want to do and that he can take care of himself in the absence of my libido. He empathized with my anxiety and acknowledged that I still find ways to make him happy with or without sex. I am so grateful to my current partner for being such a sweetheart. I have concluded that this dream was a venting dream, or also known as a releasing dream, to release the subconscious guilt about cheating on my dead ex-boyfriend, on my current boyfriend, and guilt about my low libido. So there you go. She was able to pull out all of these keywords and phrases that were related to her emotions, the excitement, confusion, hurt, relief, and gratitude that she's been experiencing in real life. So the keywords and phrases, confrontation, conversation, closure, all came up there in the dream as well. So once you know what type of dream it is and that it's um, about the past and the present, that gives you more clues as to what the dream is about. Um, she correctly identified her emotional content from beginning to end, which are all the emotions that she felt in real life, waking life, um, about the things that were actually happening in her life. And so I would say that's a really solid breakdown and a really solid conclusion. I'm very impressed and I'm so happy to see anytime that people are using the technique um, and learning the technique on their own. I think that's wonderful. Our second dream was submitted by my friend Zena, and I helped her break it down into the component parts so that she could find her own conclusion. I will read both her dream and our dialogue back and forth um, as we worked on it together to come to the conclusion. So Zena writes, I had the best weirdest dream. In my reverie, I was a fiancéed to a coffee magnet my father-in-law-to-be, the one and only Omar Sharif. Nothing about this dream was based in reality. Coffee sampling came from pipettes out of giant barrels. Every corner revealed some sampling of coffee bean from some amazing place. My fiancé smelled like coffee. When I kissed him, he tasted like coffee. I had coffee no less than nine times in the dream. When I woke up, I discovered my supply of Phil's coffee had died. I had no coffee in the house. Zip, zero, zilch, nada, niet. Bupkis. And so my response in helping to break down this dream was that it's inter really interesting for quite a few reasons, but especially because your senses of taste and smell were so highly prominent. There has been some debate in other dream groups recently as to whether it's possible to taste in dreams at all. 
I knew that it was because I've had many food dreams in my life, but nobody else in there had had a tasting dream. Would you indulge me in answering a few questions so I can help break down your dream for the group? Approximately what time did you have the dream? Middle of the night, early morning, or the last two to three hours before getting up for the day? You were yourself at your current age and the dream was set in the present day? If unsure, then yes. What were the emotions or sensations at the beginning of the dream, the middle, and the end? And these questions that I, that I asked, Zena, are to help identify the dream type, um, the dream subtype, and the emotional content of the dream, because it is definitely a psychologically based dream. And when dreams are psychological, those are kind of the most important parts to help you tease out more information. So Zena replies, okay, here goes. I wanna say the dream occurred early AM around sunrise-ish. Yes, present day. The smell and taste of coffee were scattered all throughout as I had coffee many times and kissed my dream of fiancéd a few times. The fangirl moment with Omar Sharif at the beginning is that when, as that is when I met him. The lift and drop of the elevator towards the end, as that was during the odd elevator ride that was almost like a non sequitur. Shockingly surprised a few times when I got to kiss my coffee magnet, I remember thinking, it's a dream, it's gotta be a dream, but I didn't wake up in any of those moments. Also that warmish sensation of wearing a coat inside too long and heaviness of the coat on my neck. Plus, my dream future father-in-law gives good hugs. He didn't smell like coffee, but I recall his hug being a nice, snug, tight hug. Hope this helps. And I replied, thanks for filling in the blanks. Here's how it breaks down. Dream type, releasing and reinforcing. Subtype, present. And again, it's a psychological dream as opposed to being physiological. The emotions were fangirl, followed by feeling odd, and then a pleasant warmth and good hugs. The literal aspects are that she was herself at her current age, and it was about the present day. And possibly the coffee might be literal too, since she kind of had a little bit of a a subconscious knowing that she was already out of coffee. The symbolic aspects are the coffee magnet slash fiance, father-in-law, Omar, Omar Sharif, pipettes, elevator, etc. Keywords and phrases that stood out are nothing based in reality, amazing place, smelled like, and tasted like. The conclusion that we came to is this part is really up uh, up to you to do. This is what I wrote to Zena by examining all the parts above and coming to your own conclusion. That being said, here is my guess. It's a reinforcing dream, meaning reinforcing in the subconscious a habit or person that makes you feel good or safe. These are generally pleasant dreams about, wait for it, coffee. So this simple and beautiful dream was very much reinforcing of her love for coffee and how it feels like a warm hug and that she does truly appreciate it and it does bring her some benefit 
and the subconscious mind is aware of that. So it brought in all of these wonderful sensations and feelings and um, symbolic people like Omar Sharif that made her feel like she's having a good hug. So the dream type occurs in the releasing and reinforcing dream phase, which is usually in the last two to three hours of sleep. But I would say the dream type definitely leads, leans more toward reinforcing as opposed to releasing because it's really positive and it's reinforcing of her enjoyment of coffee. Um, so when I gave the conclusion, Zena writes back, I love it, really on point. Good. So between the two of us, we were able to break it down and come to a conclusion that was meaningful for her. Um, and also hopefully she ran out and got herself some more Phil's coffee to restock her cupboard. All right. Our last two dreams were submitted by a listener and avid dream journaler by the name of Myrita. A link to her dream journal can be found in the show notes. Since Myrita is an avid dream journaler, her recall is excellent and she remembers far more detail than the average dreamer. She sent me five dreams in total and all five had three themes in common. The first was curiosity and curiosity was almost always the very first emotion in her dream. Her dreams are very cinematic and they follow the trajectory of the hero's journey, which I thought was really interesting. They um, are very fleshed out complete stories, which I really enjoy. And third, there is a lot of dichotomy in the emotions that she's experiencing. So we'll be reading just two of these dreams in this episode and um, probably reading the, the remaining three in subsequent episodes. Um, but for today, we're just sticking to a couple of the um, releasing, reinforcing dreams. So the first one is titled, The Wind That Shakes the Barley. And um, Myrita wrote this in uh, on dreamjournal.net, and I will provide the link to her, um, to her dream journal. And you can go and read her dreams um, if you like. And um, it was very generous, generous of her to share those. So this is the first one that she sent. A blacksmith who is really passionate about his craft gets taken to a Viking village as a hostage. He praises Irish steel and almost magically produces a perfect flat square, a perfect flat square of it after just one strike of the hammer. Outside the forge, the village life is going its usual way and I observe it as a disembodied presence. One man has got a new bloodhound and he likes it so much he is sleeping outside to keep it company. The dog looks like an old deer hound with a bloodied muzzle. Inside the house, the man's wife wakes up with a sudden craving for mead and realizes she's pregnant. Her 10-year-old daughter overhears the news as the mother is buying a horn of mead from her wealthy neighbor. The girl feels jealous, so she dresses up as a boy, grabs her baby brother, and runs away from home. She's running across a field of barley, most of which has been harvested. The whole landscape is golden, the field and the sunset clouds, except for the girl in her black velvet page boy outfit 
and the baby in his white swaddling clothes. She's tired, but keeps going. Some people from the village overtake the girl in a hay cart and at first pay her no attention. But then the wind rises suddenly and sweeps off her cap and her hair rises around her head in a cloud of black curls. One of the women exclaims in recognition, but the girl still doesn't give up. She turns left and runs downhill to the willow flanked river, to the end of the wooden jetty and calls across the river for the ferryman. However, when the ferryman's raft is almost within reach, the men from the hay cart rip the jetty off its moorings and pull it up on the riverbank. I can see the girl considering jumping for the raft, but she doesn't risk it as she's holding the baby. The woman who recognized the girl grabs hold of her. She has glowing amber eyes. Then, I'm myself in the flesh, in the Vikings trophy room. Taking some of their weapons and jewels for myself, preaching about what happens when you don't defend what's yours. At one point I say, if you ignore the second attack, your guards will play cards and ignore your orders. I pick a necklace with a large round pendant made of mother of pearl, which looks like a full moon and another made of large amethyst beads cut like teardrops. Holding things in my hands makes me focus solely on them, and the rest of the dream setting fades. And before we get into the interpretation and the breakdown, I just want to note um, that in that last little section of the dream where she goes from being a disembodied presence to herself in the flesh, and then she's uh, stealing things out of, the, um, out of the Vikings trophy room. This is something that happens com commonly in dreamland. Um, people will do things that are not in their normal, normal moral compass um, in day-to-day -day waking. And that is absolutely completely normal. So if you ever have a dream like that where you do something that is outside of what your waking um, normal moral compass is. It's totally fine. It's often symbolic and you do not have to feel like a bad person or that you did anything wrong. Okay. Just to set that out there and reassure you, because I know that this happens to a lot of people. It can really make them feel bad. Um, so moving on to the interpretation part, um, she had the dream during the last three hours of a seven hour sleep. So that would put her certainly into the uh, releasing, reinforcing dream phase. Um, at the end of the dream, she was her present age, but in the beginning, um, just observing as a disembodied presence. Um, the dream was set in the Viking area, but with some Victorian and modern fragments. So that kind of is basically, it could be like past, present, and or parallel. So the subtype we put as spiritual, and present. So about the present, but also a little bit of an ethereal or a spiritual aspect to it um, with some possible past elements as well. Um, the dream was psychological as opposed to physiological in nature, as are all the dreams that we are interpreting today. The emotions at the beginning were peaceful and curious. 
and then it moved into confused and compassionate, overwhelmed by beauty, followed by factual slash logical with a twinge of nostalgia. <clears throat> the literal aspects are broader observance of the world, self, and present day. Symbolic is um, the girl, village, baby, trophy room, cart, barley, field, necklace, etc. Some keywords and phrases that stood out were passionate about his craft, hostage, magically produces, observe, keep it company, craving, wealthy neighbor, jealous, runaway, overhears, golden, keeps going, pay her no attention, recognition, doesn't give up, almost within reach, off its moorings, doesn't risk it, grabs hold, for myself, preaching, I pick. So those are just some of the keywords and phrases. There, um, It's rare to have that many, but again, Myrita has extremely excellent dream recall, so there's a lot more to work with. Um, and in the conclusion, we'll talk a little bit about dichotomy, um, but she certainly does experience a lot of dichotomy in the emotions and in the keywords and phrases, which is um, curiosity and, and dichotomy, again, are um, very much a part of her waking and daily life as well. Um, as we were writing back and forth about this. So the conclusion that I wrote is, this one is interesting becomes, because it comes from two separate perspectives, disembodied and your current self in the flesh. The last three hours of the sleep cycle tend to bring releasing and reinforcing dreams. Based on the emotions you experienced, it looks more like a reinforcing dream. And again, remember reinforcing dreams are most often reinforcing a new habit, a recent experience as being a net positive or a new way of thinking. The subtype is also interesting because of the mingling historical and present elements. I'd need to ask you more questions to get a more definitive answer to this subtype, but my first guess was that based on what she's written, it, that it was spiritual in nature pertaining to something current or very recent. The symbolic aspects are also my best current guess. To discover more potential literal aspects, scan the keywords and phrases and see if anything from your recent life stands out. Oftentimes, keywords and phrases will be literal to the meaning of the dream. So for example, if you dreamt of your dog barking at a squirrel, but the squirrel was in the tree next to the one that your dog is barking at, you might describe the dream occurrence as barking up the wrong tree. And if the phrase barking up the wrong tree also applied to a recent occurrence in your waking life, you would put that phrase under the literal category. Lastly, the emotions of this type of dream will point you to the origin. So think back to where else in your life you have felt that series of emotions in that particular order, and you'll have your answer as to the source of the dream. And Myrita writes back um, some notes for clarification and says, I agree that this is a reinforcing dream related to recent events. I had a health problem that caused a two-month dream drought, which ended with this dream, but I didn't realize it immediately and kept stuffing my head with new art, music, and stories during those two months, thinking that I've just run out of inspiration. 
Many of those new influences combine in this stream, crops up as details. Combine in the stream and crop up as details. So that's another thing that you can really recognize from dreams is like where your symbology is coming from. So for her, a lot of the elements of the new art, music and stories that she'd been reading about and studying about the last two months um, were coming up as new symbology in her dreams. And it's really the, um, the emotions that she experienced that are being re reinforced in the subconscious mind. So again, going back to what those literal aspects were, broader observance of the world of self and present day. So she was really kind of going through a period of bringing in all of these new and um, recent events and studies and really just kind of um, absorbing and embodying them. And so therefore it came out in this, this wonderful dream. So the second dream that Myrita uh, submitted is titled Save Yourself. And again, that can be read on dreamjournal.net. And the link to that will be in um, the show notes. Um, the second dream begins, Autumn, a peculiar Buddhist temple on the mountainside by a crescent-shaped lake surrounded by autumn forest. First, I had to complete lots of tests and quests, then work there receiving guests. This part was very long and vague, but I remember that G.D. Falkson was among them. Then there was a peculiar lesson slash test led by an old monk in dark red robes. Myself and several other people had our own baby selves thrown into the lake and had to observe how we cope with that. It wasn't explicitly stated, but I guessed that if a baby drowns, the grown-up person is going to die as well. There were about 40 people standing on the long balcony, watching at the babies screaming and splashing in the cold, muddy water. It was raining and the coffee with milk colored surface of the lake was dotted with raindrops. The first baby from the right wasn't faring well. It kept turning upside down, its little legs kicking up in the air. And the monk said, Jeff's heavy thoughts are pulling him down. Hearing that, the actual Jeff leaped over the side and swam to save his baby self. To my surprise, he wasn't an adult, but a blonde boy about 10 years of age. He seemed a strong swimmer and I turned my attention to the other babies. My baby self was a good swimmer, but had a heavy golden plate tied to her left foot, which pulled her down. Suddenly I realized that this is the purpose of the lesson. We all have to jump in and save ourselves. I leapt right in and heard several more splashes while underwater, indicating that most of us had come to this realization. I found my baby self and scooped her up and tried to untie the plate from her foot. She wasn't crying and actually looked more like kiddo when she was about six months old, rather than what I looked like at that age. It didn't take much effort to stay afloat. And after a while, I got used to the coolness of the water and it felt quite pleasant. 
another student swam over to me, an unfamiliar man with black long hair and beard. His baby self was holding onto his beard, and when he lifted up his little legs, I saw they're shackled. The man offered me a bracelet, and I absentmindedly extended my left arm toward him, still thinking what the shackles could signify. I felt something cold touch my wrist and saw that the man is trying to tie a long knot, tie a knot in a long pink pale earthworm, and I slapped his hand away in disgust. This was the second dream of the night on a Sunday, so I wasn't in any hurry to wake up. After, I, after this, I had another long and vivid dream. I saw the dream from the perspective of my own adult self, likely of the present age, and at least nothing was obviously off. The baby in my dream was about six months old. I don't remember the very beginning of the dream, except it was long, a long string of dull tasks. So by the time I got to the part I remember, I had a feeling of curiosity and anticipation of something interesting finally happening. Then there was some puzzlement, compassion, and a sense of accomplishment. The dream ended on a shuddery note of unexpected disgust. I don't remember exactly, but it might have been what pulled me up from the dream. Okay, so with all of that information in hand, um, the dream type I put as releasing, but also unclear because we don't have an exact time frame for how many, you know, what sleep cycle she was in. The subtype is present because it's about the present day. Um, everything points to that. All of the clues hint to that she was her current age. Um, nothing really felt like she was placed in the future or in the past, and there were elements from her past. So subtype present. Is it a physiological or psychological dream? Again, this was psychological in nature, which means that it is good to continue interpreting. The emotions began as curiosity and anticipation and moved into puzzlement, compassion, and a sense of accomplishment. And the dream ended with disgust. The literal aspects of the dream are self, the present day, and uh, we all have to save ourselves. Symbolic aspects are a test slash quest, babies, temple, lake, forest, golden plate, shackles, worm, etc. Keywords and phrases, lesson slash test, baby selves, observe how we cope, wasn't faring well, hold her down, save ourselves, didn't take much effort, felt quite pleasant, shackled, absentmindedly, signify, and disgust. We were unclear of the sleep cycle that she was in when the dream occurred, but it reads like a releasing dream and all of the other clues point toward it being a releasing dream. So we put that in as a placeholder in the breakdown. Um, this dream was far more literal than, than the other four. And again, there are lots of uh, dichotomy and hero's journey elements. Almost all of these dreams begin with curiosity and it made me wonder what role curiosity plays in Myrita's waking life. Um, and she wrote back with some notes for clarification that 
curiosity is indeed the dominant emotion in most of my dreams, followed by compassion. It also holds true in waking life that I love studying, reading, and finding out new things, and generally believe that people remain young for as long as they maintain their curiosity. Dreams themselves are a vast field for my curiosity. I have tried to figure out what they are for years. Messages from God, random rigmarole, problem-solving simulations, or just art for art's sake. But they don't seem to want to be defined as just one thing. So far, I just try to remember and record as much as possible, maintaining the curiosity, but trying not to obsess too much. Thank you, Britt, for your insights. They add some new perspectives in this quest. So there you have it. Um, being able to break the dreams down into different components really allows people to just take a step back and see the bigger picture. So even though Myrita is a very avid dream journaler and just really is more in it for the curiosity, which is something that she really loves and enjoys in her daily life, so it makes sense that it would show up as a dominant emotion in her dreams as well. Um, just by being able to see the different elements and the different components of the dream, she was able to, to learn some more about what is going on in her subconscious mind and gain some new insights and perspectives. So um, hopefully I, you know, hopefully we get to read more of her dreams and continue to, um, be able to break dreams down for people in such a way that they are benefiting from it. So again, I encourage everybody, whether you use my technique or not, to learn how to interpret your dreams and find the value in them. Again, you know, it's a huge part of our lives. We spend, you know, hopefully at least eight hours a night sleeping every night. And during a vast majority of that, we are dreaming. And, um, you don't need to remember all of your dreams the same way you don't need to remember every single thing that you did during your your waking daytime hours. Um, but, you know, there are things that happen that are important. And the dreams that you remember are giving you a clue that that's, you know, imp something important for you to pay attention to. And again, the value can be in preventing, uh, you know, recurring dreams from coming up, which we'll get into recurring dreams in a different episode. but recurring dreams if you're having those that's really something that your subconscious is fairly shouting at you to pay attention to so that you can deal with it so yeah i you know, i can talk about dreams all day um and i just really find so much value in them and i really hope that that you do too and i hope that you find a way to um to get value from your dreams and to break them down and to understand them on a whole new level. And if there's anything I can do to help in that, let me know. Again, there's a bunch of resources. We have the Human Dream Facebook group. There is the Instagram account and the book and this podcast. So keep listening, keep learning, and stay curious with your dreams. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful rest of your day. We are supported by Human Dreaming, the Dynamics of Dream Interpretation by Sunshine Press. The Human Dreaming book can be purchased on Amazon.com, the Barnes & Noble website, 
or through your local bookstore. For dream share or help with interpretation, please join us at the Human Dreaming Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at human underscore dreaming. Thank you for listening and subscribing, and please join us again next week.